This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. The ultimate influencer is the mother in a family. Her followers may occasionally troll her and leave her bad reviews and nasty comments, but remember that everything you do and say has taken residence in their minds, hearts, and souls, and will eventually manifest itself. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. What is an influencer? You know, Webster's Dictionary tells us that this noun represents a person or a thing that influences another, as in, he was a champion of the arts and a huge influencer of taste. Today, this word is ubiquitous and largely attached to social media personalities who develop themselves as a brand and influence the tastes and purchasing choices of their avid followers. In some ways, this change of direction from traditional advertising and marketing to influencer-based promotion is really more democratic and accessible because in the past, small retailers who didn't have the budgets for full-page ads struggled to find a presence in the marketplace. But today, as brick-and-mortar stores close one after the other after the other and online shopping becomes the norm, well, it's as if the entire world is open to you. And whereas once we had to go to Paris or Hong Kong or New York City to find those special things for special occasions, today it's all just a click away. But there is so much to choose from, and the rules of engagement have changed. Fashion is no longer driven by one look and one look a season. Fast fashion makes it possible for new collections, often knockoffs from big designers, to be in the stores like twice a month or more. And there's always something new. So me, as a woman who spent the majority of her youth perpetuating the it's-never-enough mentality, as a woman who understood that the fashion industry requires rapid change of styles to perpetuate continual buying, I spent many of my years yearning for the next new thing. And while I worked in television, where much of the content panders to the paid advertisers, I had freedom to show and promote what I thought was great, with a captive audience who in those days only had magazines to browse through. But I soon got tired of using clothing and accessories as the beginning, middle, and end. I was hungry for more substance than just style, although I still love style. And so I began noticing the sociology and the meta-messages in fashion, and I began to remark upon it on the air. When the baby doll style reemerged for adult women in the 90s, it was clear to me that this was a post-feminist backlash. Lacy ankle socks and smocked jumpers with empire waist, that looks like little girls in grade school. And pigtails and tied-up shirts with parochial schoolgirl kilts spoke to the eroticization of children as far as I was concerned in When the young woman dancing in these get-ups was also singing, Hit me, baby, one more time, well, it was clear that Houston, we had a problem. So I started to pepper my commentary with social and political commentary as well, to the horror of my network. And in one particularly witty letter, someone wrote to me, 
Adrian Gold, go back to Banana Republic where you belong and stay out of our republics. And so I kept up my career suicide innuendos and commentary until my contract came up for renewal. Not renewed. You see, I had a platform back then, and I wanted to have an influence, to be an influencer, an influencer for consciousness, for mindful decisions, and for voting with one's wallet. And as most of you know, I dig the big pig of it from Prada to prayer, from sequins to spirituality. Because if you starve the soul long enough by not feeding it beyond externals, when the hunger comes, you will want to feast. But if you starve your soul long enough, you will suffer from spiritual starvation, where, like the anorexic, you will no longer feel those pangs of hunger. I heard the cry of my soul. The amazing thing about being an influencer is that one can choose what to stand for. You can move off the carefully curated script for something that gives you passion. The late, great Rabbi Jonathan Sachs once wrote that influence is like lighting one candle with another. Sharing your influence with someone else doesn't mean you have less. You have more. When we use the flame of a candle to light another candle, the first is not diminished. There is now simply more light. In Perke Avot, The Ethics of Our Fathers, we read this famous idea. Natay of Arbella would say, Put distance between yourself and an evil neighbor. Do not befriend a wicked person. In our morning blessings, we ask to be kept away from a bad neighbor. Rabbi Jack Abramowitz wrote that it's natural for people's behavior to be influenced by their friends, their neighbors, and other acquaintances. Therefore, one should strive to associate with righteous and wise people in order to be positively influenced by them. One should avoid evil people who exert a negative influence. And the wisest of all the wise, King Solomon wrote, One who walks with the wise will become wise, and one who associates with fools will come to harm. King David wrote in Psalms, Happy is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. If one lives in a city with corrupt leaders and crooked residents, they should move to a city of righteous people who act appropriately. Clearly, our Torah is telling us the importance of being influenced properly and of staying far from bad influence. We become the five people we spend the most time with. We need to know that clearly, and we must also grab with both hands the opportunity to influence others properly, because Jewish life is not so much a religion of rights as it's a system of responsibilities, and when we take responsibility, we are unwitting influencers, and when we influence others all the good that comes from that over the generation compounds and is a merit for us. This week, can you look at the inner circle of influence you hold in your families, then move on beyond to your communities? Can you examine who you follow and who you consciously or unconsciously allow to be an influencer to you? Because even when we unconsciously take in content, it still takes up, as Rabbi Freeman once wrote, permanent 
residence in our minds. It enters benignly and takes root and catches fire. We must guard our eyes and our hearts because they can lead us astray. And besides, the ultimate influencer is the mother in a family. Her followers may occasionally troll her and leave her bad reviews and nasty comments. They may appear to block her and shut her out, but remember and know that everything you do and say has taken residence in their minds, hearts, and souls and will eventually manifest itself. With great power comes great responsibility, and nowhere more powerfully than in our own families. So, we're all influencers, and even when it appears we have no followers, Remember, there is an eye that sees and an ear that hears in heaven. May we all merit to have a good influence. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart Feed your soul and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.